1: The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike, first again with Tobacco Man.
0: First again
1: with Tobacco Man. More independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. There you have the findings of a recent impartial survey which reveals the personal smoking preference of tobacco men, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. Yes, the survey shows Lucky Strike.
0: First again with
1: Tobacco Men. First again with Tobacco Men. First again with the men who can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. So light up a Lucky... Puff by puff, you'll see. L S M F T. L S M F T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. So for your own real deep down smoking enjoyment, smoke the smoke. Tobacco expert smoke. Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Man.
2: <laughs>
0: The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester,
2: Dennis Day, and yours ruling Don Wilson.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, once again we'd like to take you out to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills. It's evening and Jack has just finished dinner and is relaxing in his usual way.
1: You know, Rochester, I always like to play my violin after dinner. Oh. Uh, so it soothes and relaxes me. Uh, I I hope it doesn't bother you. Oh, no, I haven't had my dinner yet.
2: <laughs> good, good.
1: Rochester, I often think what a fool I was not to have made the violin my career. You know, I might have become a great virtuoso, but no, no. Instead, I had to become a comedian, a clown, a buffoon.
2: But a rich buffoon.
1: <laughs> That's the wrong attitude. The world would be better off if people had a different viewpoint. You know, money isn't everything. Remember what Shakespeare said. He who steals my purse steals trash.
2: I wish you'd throw some of that garbage on me. <laughs>
1: Rod, just clear off the table. Let me practice my violin. I want to prepare for my stage appearances in Detroit and Cleveland. Let me see. I want to learn that new song first. Here it is. First again with tobacco men. See, that song is catching on fast. I heard it last night on the hit parade. LAUGHTER Well, I've practiced enough, but I don't feel like going to bed. I think I'll go in the den and listen to the radio. Now, hello, Polly. Daddy's going to listen to the radio.
2: Fred Allen stinks. Fred Allen stinks. <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe I shouldn't have taught her that. But then, she'd have found out herself. <laughs> I wonder what's on the air right now.
2: Friends, do you have a tendency to be a little too fat around the waist? You do? Well, what you need is exercise. First, stand in front of your fireplace. That's right. Now lift your right leg. Higher. 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 Now rest your foot on the mantelpiece. (Laughter) Have you got one foot on the floor and one foot on the mantelpiece? Good. We now leave the air until the same time tomorrow.
1: That's ridiculous. I wonder what else is on. See, it's hard to reach the dial with one foot on the mantelpiece.
2: <laughs>
1: there, I made it.
2: This is Blank your daily beauty consultant. Ladies, is your skin rough and dry? Are your pores large and coarse? Is your complexion dull and blotchy? Is your hair stringy and full of snarls? It is? Well, stay in the house, kid. You're a mess. I
1: don't know. There, There must be something on the air tonight besides... Commercial. Oh, there's a the phone. Hello?
2: Hello, Jack.
1: Oh, hello, Mary.
2: Jack, I'm going to have rehearsal at your house or NBC. What? I was going to have rehearsal at your house or NBC.
1: Mary, I can hardly hear you. Get closer to the phone.
2: I can't. I've got one foot on the floor and one foot on the mat. <laughs>
1: Gee, that program must have a terrific hooper.
2: you <laughs> think so, Ram? Oh, Mary...
1: What did you ask me before?
2: I said, where are we having rehearsal?
1: Oh, rehearsal will be tomorrow at NBC. Okay,
2: goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Oh, say, Jack. Yes? I've got the most wonderful news. My sister babe is coming out to California to
2: go on television.
1: Your sister babe on television? Well, what is she going to do?
2: She's going to double for gorgeous George. <laughs> <laughs> say,
1: that's great. Listen, give her my congratulations. Oh, hello, Jack. Rochester told me you were in here. Oh, hello, Don. Mary, Don's here. i got to hang up. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hiya, Don. Come on in. Sit down. Okay. Come on in, fellas. Oh, you brought the sportsman with you. Hello, boys. Hmm. Don, I meant to call you, but we're not having rehearsal until tomorrow. As long as you're here, sit down.
0: Well, thanks, Jack. Aren't you going to sit down, too? No, I'll just put my foot back on the mantelpiece. (laughs) Well, Jack, even though we're not rehearsing until tomorrow, the boys have prepared a beautiful number for the show, and they'd like to have you hear it right now. They're going out of town for a few days. Business? Oh, no, no, no. You see, the boys took their wives fishing at Big Bear Lake last week, and they're going back there again. Gee, I wish I could go. What are they going to fish for, perch or trout? The baritone's wife.
1: She fell out of the boat Wednesday. (laughs) Oh, well, then by all means, let's hear him sing now. She must be awfully tired treading water. Go ahead, boys. Hold on, wait. Wait a minute, Jack. This is a big production number, and there's a part in it for you on the violin. For me? Well, good, good. Now, where's my violin? Under your chin. Oh, yes, yes. That was the stickiest spaghetti I had for dinner. <laughs> now, let's, um, let's go down. What number are we going to do? The Sabre Dance by Cacitorium. The Sabre Dance? Well, that should be wonderful. Come on, fellas, Hit it. <laughs>
2: They are made down in Kentucky. Better my luckies, better my luckies, better my luckies, better my luckies. Luckies, luckies. That's a cigarette that you will light. Like. <laughs> enjoyment, you should try lucky, for then you will see, fine men who know what agree. that success.
1: John, congratulations. <laughs> Ricky, that was a wonderful number. Well, thanks, Zach. I knew you'd like it. I certainly did. We'll see you Sunday, fellas. Goodbye. <laughs> so long, Jack. So long.
2: <laughs> uh, those
1: boys are such nice fellas. Sixty five cents on the Coca-Cola machine. <laughs> well, I think I'll take my change belt off and go in the library. I'll read for an hour or so before I go to bed. Just look at this room. What a mess. Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Every time I want him, he takes so long to Did get... Did you me. call me,
2: Mr. Billy? Yes,
1: yeah, where were you?
2: I was in the kitchen ironing your nightgown.
1: Oh. Well, I hope you didn't put too much starch in it again. Last night I felt like I was sleeping in a Quonset hut.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I like a nightgown to cling a little. <laughs>
2: Now, Rochester,
1: this room is such a mess, I wish... Rochester, do you smell something burning? Uh Uh-oh, the iron! My nightgown! (laughs) Well, is it burning? Boss, something tells me this quatsit hunter is going to have a window in it! (laughs)
2: Let
1: me see that nightgown. Hmm. It'll be okay, boss. I'll put a flap on it!
2: (laughs) See that you do.
1: I'm going back in the library and read. I'll call you, Rochester, when I want to go to bed. Now, let me see. I'd like to read a good mystery for a change. What are these books? Kiss the Blood Off My Hand. The Crushed skull. The mutilated torso.
2: <laughs>
1: Lilacs in the spring.
2: <laughs>
1: nah, that's too gruesome.
2: <laughs>
1: Let's see. Oh, my goodness, these two books shouldn't be together. The Proper Bostonians and the Kinsey Report.
2: <laughs> Here's
1: a mystery I haven't read. I was framed by the author of I Stand Condemned. See, his new book ought to be good. I'll just curl up in this easy chair and read it. Chapter One. I was framed. My name is Bruce Fink. Oh, it's an ordinary name. It hasn't even been mentioned as a Republican candidate.
2: (laughs) I was an average
1: man with normal habits. My only fault was, perhaps, that I spent my money a little too freely. Gee. (laughs) It all started one evening last April. We had just finished dinner and I was in the kitchen washing the dishes. My wife, Flossie, was in the parlor dancing with our boarder, silk-shirt Harry. I also had a son named Gus. Some people thought he was stupid, because he was 16 years old. He had just learned to tie his shoelaces. (laughs) Someday he may even learn to tie them when they're in his shoes. (laughs) But I loved him. That evening, Gus was helping me with the dishes. What's this, Papa? Papa? That's, that's a cup, son. Oh, and is this a saucer? No, 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 that's a knife. Saucer knife. Saucer knife. Saucer knife. Have you got that, son? Son? Yes, you're my son and I'm your father. <laughs> this is a cup and this is a knife. The one with the point is the knife. The one with the handle is the cup. And the one with the hole is your head. <laughs> Now, do you understand? Yes, son. No, 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 yo, no, no. Look, look. You're the son. You see, I'm your father. But don't try to learn too much at one time. All right, I'll go to bed now. Good night, my boy. Good night, Papa. Oh, Papa. Yes, son. Papa, when are you going to tell me about the birds and the bees? Don't worry about the birds and the bees. First, learn about the cups and the saucers. <laughs> they enjoy life too. <laughs> Good night, Gus. Good night, Papa. Gus called me Papa. And I was glad that I made the right decision. Two days before, I almost traded him for a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> I put away the dishes and started toward the parlor to join my wife, Flossie, and our boarder, Silk Shirt Harry. Ah, uh, Swing it, Flossie, you little dove, you. I'm
2: (laughs) way ahead of you, Harry. (laughs) Hey,
1: honey, let's try that dip again.
2: Oh, you sure got a mean run. That's
1: nothing, baby. You ought to catch me on linoleum.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Harry, hold me closer. I love to smell that bay rum.
1: (laughs) I know, baby. That's why I drink it straight. (laughs) Mind if I cut in, sweetheart? Are you finished with the dishes already? Oh, yes. They're all washed and put away. Look, Fink. Flossie and I are busy. Here's a dime. Why don't you run down to the store? What do you want me to get?
2: Lots. I
1: walked out of the house smiling at Flossie's little joke. Then I was horrified to see our son Gus lying on the front lawn with a broken leg. I know what had happened. When he went up to his room, he stepped out on the back. If I told him once, I told him a thousand times. We haven't got a balcony. (laughs) As I bent over him, Gus opened his eyes and said... What happened, son? No, 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 you're the son. I'm your father. Oh. Tell me, are you hurt? Yes, I think I broke my saucer. (laughs) At your leg. As I walked down the street toward the corner store, I couldn't help thinking how lucky I was. I had a wonderful wife, a son with a broken saucer, and a boarder who had his own show and went off the air for the summer. What man could ask for more? Although I had never cared for riches, I did wish that I could afford to buy my wife Flossie a little extra things never had before, like toothpaste, (laughs) a toothbrush, or even tea. (laughs) I continued walking down the street when suddenly a voice called to me from the darkened doorway of the First National Bank. Hey, you. You. Who, me? Yeah, you. Come here. You want to make 50 bucks? Without even thinking, I said no, which proves I wasn't thinking. (laughs) So I thought it over and said... Did you say 50 bucks? Yeah. All you gotta do is stand out here in front of the bank, and if you see a cop, just whistle. Whistle? Yeah. Whistle something like Melancholy Baby or Ballerina, any popular number. If you don't mind, I'd like to whistle Stardust. I'm a friend of Hugo Carmichael. (laughs) (laughs) Whistle Ballerina. And when you see a cop coming, whistle loud, so me and my friend can hear you. They weren't fooling me. I knew they were songplugger. stood in front of the bank thinking of the $50 I was going to make. To me, that was a fortune. The nearest I ever came to being rich was when I almost guessed the name of the walking man. I was so sure it was Frank Remley. He fell off his stool for the summer. I stood there lost in thought, when suddenly from inside of the bank, I heard... Bank now had an open-toed vault. (laughs) The next thing I knew, I was in a speeding car seated between two men and three sacks of money. Then suddenly it dawned upon me. This was a holdup. The rest of that ride was like a nightmare. Then the two men began to talk. Hey, Clyde. How much... How much did you promise this fink? They knew my name. (laughs) I looked at the men, then I looked at their guns. I noticed the guns were identical. So I asked them why they both carried thirty-two caliber automatics. And they said, They're "They're first
2: first again with hold-up men. men.
1: (laughs) I knew what they meant, but I missed the music. I leered back at them and said, You fellas can't get away with this. I'm going to the police. You can't go to the police, buddy. You're in this as deep as we are. I knew that the two men were right. I was trapped. To no fault of my own, I, Bruce Criminal, was now a fink. I mean, Bruce Fink was now a criminal. As I rode along with the three sacks of money, the car stopped at a corner. The men picked up two more sacks. One was Saks Fifth Avenue. The car was now so crowded I had to sit in the back with the escalator. Finally, they threw me out of the car. By the time I got home, it was morning. A dreary morning. I looked up at the sky. Suddenly, the sun broke through the O in Honest John. (laughs) Through the window, I could see silk-shirt Harry holding my wife Flossie in his arms. Their lips were pressed together. I dreaded going into the house. I'd been gone all night, and I couldn't tell them where I'd been. I didn't want Flossie to think that I was in love with another woman. (laughs) I racked my brain, but I couldn't think of an excuse. So I decided to go in and brazen it out. As I opened the door, they were still kissing. As they saw me, their lips parted. Hello, Harry. Hello, Flossie.
2: Are you back already?
1: I know how you must have worried about me, darling, but I couldn't help it. I bumped into an old friend and we got to talking. And you know how time always... Kiss me
2: again, Harry.
1: Okay, baby. (laughs) It was as simple as that. (laughs) No questions, no jealous reproaches. Flossie trusted me implicitly. I think Harry did too.
2: <laughs>
1: I was heartsick as I went upstairs and threw myself on Gus's bed and knocked my pivot tooth out. <laughs> if I told him once, I told him a thousand times, he hasn't got a bed. The next couple of weeks were like a horrible dream. I didn't know what the future had in store for me. I continued with my household duties. One day as I was pushing bugs out of the screen with a toothpick, my son Gus was sitting nearby doing his homework. He looked up at me and said, Oh, fathead. That's father. At least you're getting closer. What is it, son? This pencil won't write. That's a knife. Look, son, that's a knife. This is a cup and this is a saucer. Do you understand? Yes, son. No, 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 no. I'm your father. Now, how how are you getting along with your spelling? Fine, I can count up to ten now. Good work. Now, listen, my boy. I'm going to take you into my confidence. Some men were robbing a bank, and they promised me $50 to whistle if I saw a cop. A what? A cop. That's a saucer. (laughs) I left Gus sitting in a pool of blood. (laughs) I couldn't stand him anymore. As I walked into the kitchen, the phone rang. The shiver went down my back. Then it went up my back. Then it went down my back. The escalator was under my coat. <laughs> the phone rang again. Hello? Hello, Fink. We're pulling another job tonight, and we want you to whistle for us. And you better be there if you know what's good for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be there. I thought of running away. I thought of leaving town. I thought of Jane Russell. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of her, but it was fun. <laughs> When the burglar's called, I knew I'd be there. This meant I'd have to leave the house again. But I didn't know how to break the news to my wife. I hoped she wouldn't take it too hard. I opened the door and walked into the parlor where I found Flossie and Harry, looking at our picture (laughs) album.
2: Look at this one, Harry. This is a picture of me and my husband Bruce the night we first met.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, who's the other guy in the picture?
2: That's Ralph Edwards. He introduced me to Bruce as part of my consequence.
1: (laughs) Flossie, dear, I have to go out again tonight. And I may not be home until late.
2: (laughs) And look, Harry, here's a picture we took on our honeymoon. This is Bruce in his bathing suit.
1: Holy mackerel, what a physique. He looks like something that was pushed through a screen with a toothpick. (laughs) 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 Oh, I don't blame you for being furious, Flossie. But you'll have to trust me. And remember, no matter what happens, I want you to know that I love you. Well, I gotta go now. Goodbye, Harry. Goodbye, Flossie.
2: How about a kiss?
1: Not wanting to interrupt them.
2: <laughs> I just throw out of the
1: room. Once again, I walked out into the night to keep a rendezvous with destiny. <laughs> that night while I whistled, they robbed the second national bank. The next night, they robbed the third national bank. The night after that, the fourth national. And the following night, the sixth national. Everyone was expecting it to be the fifth. Oh, they were shrewd, all right. <laughs> and then... It happened. The crooks decided I outlived my usefulness. They took me to a lonely road to bump me off. And I stood there helpless. They came at me with their guns drawn. I tried to get away, but it was no use. I was cornered, trapped. I screamed for help. Ah! Suddenly, from out of nowhere, police cars appeared. Then the cops jumped out. I thought I was saved, but no, they thought I was one of the crooks, and they started firing. I was hit in the arm, in the leg. I sank to my knees, when suddenly... When suddenly... When suddenly... Hmm. The last page of this book is missing. Wait, quite a few pages are gone. Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Did you call me, boss? What happened to this book? There were about a dozen pages torn out of it.
2: You did that last week when you had your dinner party. What? If I told you once, I told you a thousand times. Buy paper napkins.
1: <laughs> well, if you got the flap on my nightgown, I think I'll go to bed. Good night, Roger.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you agree that there is nothing more pathetic than a helpless child suffering from starvation, exposure, and sickness. Thousands of kids in the devastated countries are exactly in this predicament. So it's up to us to give them a chance to survive. We must help them grow up to be healthy, clear-thinking citizens. So let's help those unfortunate children by sending our contributions to Crusade for Children, New York City. Save a child, save the future. Thank you. Jack, we'll be back in just a minute, but first... Lucky Strike, first again
1: with Tobacco Man. First again with Tobacco Man. As a recent impartial survey reveals, more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. More than the next two leading brands combined. Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Man. That's what the survey shows. Now listen to what Mr. William Lee Curran, 24 years a tobacco auctioneer, recently
0: said. For years and years, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike by fine, mild tobacco. Tobacco that's full of smoking enjoyment. I've smoked Lucky's 23 years. So light up a Lucky.
1: And puff by puff, you'll see L S M F T. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. So smoke the smoke, tobacco experts smoke. Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Men. Gee, it feels good to get in bed. I'm really tired tonight. Oh, darn it, there's the butter. No, no. Who can that be at this hour, I wonder? Yes? Mr. Benny, if I told you once, I'd told you a thousand times. What is it? This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement.